from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Monday, October 10, 1. All heart surgeons are bastards, and Conway is no exception. He came storming into the path lab at 8.30 in the morning, still wearing his green surgical gown and cap, and he was furious. When Conway is mad, he clenches his teeth and speaks through them in a flat monotone. His face turns red with purple blotches at the temples. Hello, and welcome back to For Christ's Sake. Series four, is it now? Yeah. Or three? Four. It's series four. We did three other books. And it has been a while between drinks, has it not? Yeah, we took a little time off just to get the... Because the last two books were pretty painful. Yeah, they were. So we rejuvenated. We took a sabbatical and now we're sabac. Uh, yes. And what are we back with? In terms of the book, I mean. We are back with book number four. In the Crichton oeuvre. What, Crichton? But that's not the name that's on my book cover. Nor mine. What is the name on yours? We'll compare Actually, mine my, my Michael Crichton. But. Actually, yeah, it's below below the Michael Crichton because we're reading a rebranded ebook version of this with Michael Crichton's name prominently displayed. But upon original publication, um, his name was nowhere to be found. Hmm. But is he writing as John Lang, as was the case with the previous three books that we discussed? No. Perhaps John Lang sounded a little bit too down market for a book like this, which is a serious thriller mm. about, a, you know, in the news political issue. So what's the name? Tell us the name. Uh, the name he wrote this book under is Jeffrey Hudson, and the name of the book is called A Case of Need. Case of need. Interesting. No, a case of need. Uh, anyway, I, I launched into this particular book. I read the opening uh, paragraph of the first chapter, but I skipped the uh, preliminary quote that precedes that. Should I should I address that? Should we discuss it or just skip it? No, that's, that's okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't even read it, so... It's an excerpt of the Hippocratic Oath mm. that specifically uh, alludes to abortion, in fact. Mm. along with a uh, counterquote from someone called Garrett Hardin, mm. no, I uh, which is, there is no moral obligation to conserve DNA. Mm. Something to chew on? It's like we're going to chew on this book. 
right? And our signature snacks mm. in between sips of our signature beverage. We're supposed to get signature snacks. We were indeed. The task before us uh, prior to this recording session was to read the first chapter and initially only the first chapter and based on the text therein, come up with a thematically appropriate snack and drink mm. to pair with this particular novel, which will accompany us on each chapter of this journey. Mm. Uh, was that right? Is that what we do here? Yeah, that's what we do here. Okay, would you like to kick us off? I would not. Would you like to kiss, kick us off? <laughs> no. Well, I guess we're just going to sit here then. This is stalemate. Okay, I'll go first. So what I have today is a delicious uh, mason jar filled with a gimlet, which I chose because I think the fancy doctors in this, I can imagine the fancy doctors in this book, having knocking polishing one or, the, one or two of these off in their fancy clubs that they belong to. What do you think? What 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 is a gimlet? It's like a gin uh, cocktail, gin and wine. Ah. Like I was thinking that it was the vessel which you put a beverage into, but I'm obviously thinking of a goblet. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also thought it was a uh, podcast empire, recently purchased by Spotify. Additionally, yeah, the, uh, the podcast empire that spawned the classic sitcom Alex. Can I fucking finish? Fine. <laughs> you can let you finish? Off you go. Okay. Then I also have some salt and vinegar kettle chips, which I thought were because the main character, you know, seems to be a little salty and a little vinegary. We'll get to that. Well, I, I would say he's sweet and fruity based on his surname. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's a, a okay thing to say nowadays, buddy. It's a little... It's a <laughs> no, it's a little literal given that he's called uh, John Barry. Is that right? John Barry. That's his name. That is not an angle I actually considered until just now, and I'm kind of uh, regretting my choice, but no, nonetheless. <laughs> of what? Boiled cock? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Spotted dick. So let's, let's recap. You chose a gimlet because you think that's a sophisticated drink that doctors might appreciate. Yeah. And some chips. Yes. Right. I'm, I'm assuming with the, the latter choice, you just felt like eating some chips. Is that- No, is salt, that, salt and vinegar chips. Salt and vinegar chips. Is, is that because, accurate though? No, but no, because the main character is a little salty and he's a little full of vinegar too. How? I did he's, not get that. He's jaded. Conway is jaded, the person he describes at the opening of the chapter. No, Barry is jaded too. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't really expressed much of a personality, I will be honest. His idealism, you know, came up, came brushed against the, what he previously viewed as the mortal sin of abortion. And having to make peace with that has caused him to become a little jaded. All right. <laughs> That's a fine uh, way to describe him. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what what bullshit did you come up with? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, although it may not seem like it once I tell you what I've actually uh, landed upon, in the case of both the drink and the snack, um, I, I did actually invest a lot of energy and thought into this. And uh, the, the initial thread that I was pursuing in the hopes that it would lead to a, uh, you know, amusing and thematically appropriate uh, beverage and snack was um, the whole abortion angle. <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, and then I wisely decided <laughs> against doing that. Despite uh, having purchased a couple of items that no uh, jelly, no jelly babies. That was one. That was one of my thoughts. Honestly, <laughs> I was looking for jelly babies. I couldn't find any, let alone That'd any really uh, vegetarian appropriate ones. But jelly babies are disgusting. So, and, and I decided not to be tasteless as well. Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I ended up with a cup of coffee and an apple. <laughs> And what's your justification for this? <laughs> well, well, as as alluded to in this opening chapter at various points, doctors have a, have a difficult time of it at the hospital. They work long hours, and uh, one fuel available to them is uh, you know hot coffee. So obviously, I wasn't able to source any amphetamines, which I think is the drug of choice for doctors wanting to stay awake over those, over those long hours. Uh, legal amphetamines that they can source internally. So, I, yeah, I opted for coffee because I, I mean, I, I'm sure there are some doctors who keep awake via this method. And secondly, what is the uh, thing that you're supposed to eat every day if you want to keep the doctors away or the one doctor? Yeah, that's 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 fucking terrible. Mine are as good as yours. Are. I can't believe you complained about mine. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> But, but I will say, like, I put a lot of thought into the lead up to this before I realized <laughs> this is put a lot of thought into making tasteless ones. And then you're like, oh, what am I going to do anything else just speak to the book at all? <laughs> <laughs> Cancel culture got to me. I was too scared. <laughs> Jelly babies would have been really funny. <laughs> I did look. I probably would have gone with that if I had found them, but I couldn't. All right, well, let's get into the book, uh, shall we? Yeah. Okay, so chapter one. Uh, so what is our uh, story here open with? We already we talked about some of the characters. Our main character is named is John Barry, and he's pretty much the typical Crichton. I guess not. Uh, well, we don't know much about his personality. I, I, we really don't at this but point. But this is his first book that's been written in first person, right? Yeah, it is quite. It's quite unusual in his canon, as far as I, as far as I know. Unusual. I don't know how many of his books are actually in first person. Quite unusual. But the the, the uh, typical Crichton one. style, which was evident in the previous three entries and evident in the other later books quite that I've read of his, to be loved by anyone, um, is very much like a dry, detached third person, um, yeah. semi omniscient kind of narrator. Free and direct discourse. So yeah, so there are there are two unusual features. The first of which we just mentioned, which is the fact that it's in first person. But the second thing, which is peculiar, it's not unusual to find love, is that it's partly in present tense, which just seems really bizarre. Yeah, I thought that was odd too. It may as well be in in past tense. It it just seems like an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he talks about Conway, who's a heart surgeon. 
doesn't really see that applicable to the derivative, so I could just like scoot past that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so our our main guy is doing his name is John Barry, which is not introduced until later, but we can introduce it now. Is doing some sampling. He's analyzing a sampling, a sample mm-hmm. that is, uh, to see if it is cancerous. Uh, he determines that it is a cancerous thing. Then gets a call from the doctor who is treating this patient, and he lets him know that. His name is Scanlon. Scanlon. Sounds right. Who is like all surgeons. If he's not cutting, he's not happy. Um, and it seems like this would be another boring day at the old sampling room. Certainly the way Crichton tells it. But Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry gets an alarming call from his wife. What he didn't know that his friend Arthur Lee had been, has been arrested. For cause unknown. So does that sound about right? Do we need to add any more detail besides that? No, but I will say that like the stretch of narrative up until this point, which is just kind of describing his everyday tasks and routines, really uh, brought back uh, one of Crichton's least endearing qualities. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Nat Geo... That's, I think that's the that's the term we've used to describe it. Yeah, but in this case, it's kind of worse because it's actually a field that he has direct experience in. Yes. As opposed to like you know relaying an article he once read. Though the bromides, the bromides that he relays, you know, they don't certainly didn't feel like lived experience to me. No, <laughs> not necessarily, but <laughs> but it it does feel like he wants you to know that he knows about this stuff. However, he's come across it. Yeah. A lot of unnecessary detail, I would say. Yeah, to the point where he has several uh, footnotes, which I yes, did not appreciate. Super obnoxious footnotes. And you really, you really did not need to use all these stupid medical terms either. Yeah, there's one, there's one point where he uses the term DX uh, instead of diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Okay, maybe that is something that is used in real hospitals for whatever reason, and probably just in written format, because it's it's not it's not like quicker to say. So presumably it's just a written abbreviation. <laughs> we could just put diagnosis. Some super redundant stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so his friend Arthur Lee is in the in jail. I was gonna say in the hospital, but no, he's in jail. It'd be good if he was in the hospital. Because um, then he'd be back at work. That's yeah. What, yeah, he'd be back at work. Yeah. And he learns what jail. His friend has been, uh, you know, imprisoned in. And I, I, I thought this was strange. I didn't quite get this. I don't know if maybe, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're a little older than I am. Uh, maybe you could help me understand what this, this means. Um, but <clears throat> do you, I guess this is a second of for crying out loud. Yes, I didn't have anything. So I'm glad you, you found something in this chapter. <laughs> I just thought this was unusual. And, and maybe I did. Do you understand that? And I'm just too, like... Um, you know, much of a good boy to get it, but I didn't really understand this. this is maybe All right, let's, let's pause quickly for the theme song. Is Man proud? Come on, let's hear it right about now. Feel crying out loud. Proceed. In the hospital lobby, I reached into my pocket for car keys, then realized I didn't know where they were holding art. So I went to the information desk to call my wife and ask her. The girl at the desk was Sally Plank, a good-natured blonde whose name was a subject of endless jokes among the, among the residents. What, were, what are they joking about? That she's dumb? 
or that she's flat chested. I didn't quite get that. Yeah, I think you were right with your first uh, option. That she's dumb. Dumb as a plank, it would be the term. Is that a phrase? Yeah. Thick as a okay. plank. Thick as a plank, I think it is. No, it doesn't sound like thick as a board, maybe. Thick as a brick. Thick as a plank is also a term. Thick as two short planks. There you go. Chiefly British. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, I guess I guess that's it. Anyway, that was the only question I had. So uh, after that, he hops into his car and is driving off to the jail. And it uh, has a Proustian reverie about when he learned that uh, Art and his immediate superior, who's the head of the hospital, Dr. Sanderson, have been um, running an operation for uh, doing illegal abortions. Now, this book was published in 1968, I want to say. And abortion was not formally legalized in the United States until 1973 with uh, the Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little uh, backdrop to what's going on. So um, it's a pretty long segment that goes into some stuff. Basically, there's a sample that's been rearranged or something. And he figures it out. It's like, wow, you can, you're doing abortions. So Arthur Lee uh, is an abortionist. That's that's the crucial information that's contained in this flashback. And it's very overridden. I I was very like, okay, I, I get the point. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he gets to the PlayStation. That's about it. Is there any other detail? Like, he stops. It's going to go into the chapter ends. Is there any other detail you'd like to go into? Um. Um. No. Trivia. Cardiac, cardiac surgeons have a 15% fatality rate. What rate does Frank Conway have? 8%. He's an 8%er. I'll take a drink and you get a point, bro. After providing a test result to a colleague, John Barry returns to his table and notices three specimens awaiting his attention. Can you name two of them? <laughs> uh, I cannot. I cannot name a single one. <laughs> okay. Well, they were a kidney, a gallbladder, and an appendix. Mm. Keep that drink flowing. <laughs> so one point. Oh, we should decide what the what's the reward for winning the trivia for the book. It must be something. Yeah, it does have to be something. Money? Money? Yeah. Like 10 bucks? No, no, how about this? How about this? The person that loses, okay? Mm-hmm. If, 
it gets gets like one book point. Okay. The person that loses gets one. Or the person book point. person that wins the person that okay. wins gets one book point. Okay. Yep. And if they get up to three book points, okay, so they win three books total. Right. The, uh, the other person, the loser, the person who has not cashed in their points, okay, has to buy them a copy of uh, a Jurassic Park and paperback. Okay. <laughs> that's what okay. if one of them already owns Jurassic Park and paperback? <laughs> well, they, they get, then it could be a Crichton book of their choice. How about that? Okay. Does that sound good? <laughs> So let me get this straight. So you accumulate book points. Yeah. And the first person to reach three. Yes. Gets to demand a Crichton book of their choice. Yes. The other person must purchase and pay for the exorbitant (laughs) shipping and handling fees, (laughs) presumably. Well, I don't think I guess you can just purchase it and send it to their address from an online store as a gift or something, right? Yeah. 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 I assume so. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right. All right. But why is it like no. three book points? Well, how many how many points should it be then? As in like, in order to win three book points, you have to win three series. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. You think it should be more or less or? Well, what happens after we've reached that particular milestone and someone has won three book points? You know, the transaction right, has occurred. They've received the just book. Just reset. Yeah, you win another again. three book points. No, we go back book? to zero, go back to zero, and then, yeah, we'll, we can discuss what the next prize is or whatever. Uh, okay, right. Fair enough. That sounds good. So there's a prize every three series. Uh, no, no, actually, at no. least every three unless, series. Unless, 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 not, yeah. Unless, I mean, if someone, like, cleans up and wins, you know. It'd be three to five series, I guess. Yeah, three to five series is a prize. Interesting. Yeah, I like it. Okay, that great. sounds good. All right, so, so far you have one point, I have zero points. <laughs> I've got no book points. No, but I know, I have but you one have one point, point in this round of trivia. Yeah. Yes. Right. No one has any book points. We're resetting. Yes. Okay. All right. What happened last time? Because we, we did tally the numbers. I, you won. You won. <laughs> but I don't remember what, what my prize was. Or There's what no prize. Was. I, no, I had to drink double the amount of like alcohol. That's right, yeah. I do remember tab- tabulating the scores <laughs> by going through every episode. It was it was enjoyable because this is a great podcast. <laughs> All right, you ready for my uh, second trivia question? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the name of John Barry's wife? Uh, Betty. Incorrect. Oh, John Barry's wife. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Not too, too late, bro. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I knew the answer to that question. I just, I just clearly wasn't you listening did. properly. You're just muddle-headed. Right. All right. Um, oh, that was bad. Where did a drunken George Kovacs relieve himself, much to the chagrin of Arthur Lee's wife, Betty? Oh, on their porch. On their Sorry, porch. Uh, the answer here I have is patio. <laughs> I think patio and fortune the same thing, but... Are they there? Whatever, I'll take the L. Well, it's the same thing, but it doesn't matter. I'll give you that, actually. Okay, I'm I'll feeling, take, I'll I'm feeling charitable. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, I got one point. You got one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> what make of car does John Barry drive? 
I, I have no recollection whatsoever, so I'm just going to name a make of car mm. that would have been around in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a Mustang? Nope, the correct answer is a Volkswagen. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, do not remember yeah, that at all. In fact, the little break says, I drove my Volkswagen out of the doctor's par- parking lot past all the shiny Cadillacs. Hmm. Okay, go ahead, bro. What type of stain had been used on Suzanne Black's uterine? Oh come on, man! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! Uh... (laughs) Fuck if I know. I was gonna say uh, it was a green and blue one. Uh, You mean a Zenka formalin stain? (laughs) (laughs) And what color were those? Blue or green? Oh, so I think I got that kind of correct. <laughs> Is that half a point? <laughs> it's up to you, man. Anyway, that wouldn't be right. That wouldn't be right anyway because it was a fake stain, right? Well, a, a particular type of stain had been applied to the sample, whether or not it was. <laughs> I, I thought about I thought about doing this, but just the color. So <laughs> fuck you, man. I thought the the words would be way too hard. So. I memorized the term thinking that you might ask me the same question. Nope. So there you go. Nope. Um, so that was more prosaic. But yeah, I think, I think because I was fair with the previous question, I can't be that fair with this one. Because if you say what type of stain, a blue-green stain, I don't think is a sufficient answer for that. Because I would ask... Well, what whatever, color, man. What whatever, man. Whatever. So one point apiece. End of chapter. End of episode. See you next time. Welcome back. All right. Oh.